0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: The News Hour is live in the hustle and bustle of downtown Vancouver tonight wrapping up Variety Week from right here in Robson Square. There's been a lot going on here all day. Washboard Union sounds great up on stage right now. We've got much more about Variety and how you can help BC's children a little bit later, but right now, good evening and thanks very much for joining us. Let's begin with the chaos caused by the first snowfall of the season. Drivers in many parts of Metro Vancouver awoke to slippery roads and slick conditions with the expected results. Jill Bennett begins our coverage.
2: Depending on where you woke up in Metro Vancouver, you might have seen this, several centimeters in South Surrey, a dusting in parts of Burnaby, or no snow at all in downtown Vancouver. But no matter where you live, this early blast of cold weather is a wake-up call for drivers.
0: You got your snow tires? Not yet. Gotta get them.
2: As snow fell in many communities overnight, it also served as a harsh reminder. Even though just a few days ago people were posting photos of sunshine and temperatures in the double digits, winter is right around the corner.
3: Well, I think it's wonderful because I don't have to drive in it. I just can walk down to the beach and take pictures of it.
2: As long as it stays on the
3: mountains,
2: I'm totally cool. Thursday's blast of snow has prompted a push for salt and shovels, people likely trying to avoid the shortages and chaos of last year.
4: So I think everyone remembers the sting from last year, uh, very fresh, and they're not going to get caught off guard like they did last year. So it seems like people are stocking up, making sure they have some salt uh, you know, at their home before the snow actually flies to make sure they're prepared.
2: There are still shovels and plenty of salt available at Carisdale Lumber. The store ordered more supply this year and reminds consumers not all de-icers are the same.
4: This is Alaskan ice melter. Um, it's a really well-known brand it will keep melting ice at a very low temperature. This is a pet friendly ice melter here. Another product that has a, a lower melting temperature than ice. And we've got your standard road salt here, most cost effective option. Here's lava grip, which is not a ice melter per se. It provides traction on ice.
2: The best advice, no matter what supplies you are getting, get them before more snow hits. Even though right now it's mainly sticking in the mountains where it's beautiful and doesn't snarl traffic, that could soon change. Jill Bennett, Global News.
1: Well, I love to see that dusting of snow up on the North Shore Mountains. Uh, Christy Gordon joins us now. Christy, some areas saw a lot, others got nothing. <laughs>
5: Yes, it's a classic example of a chance of flurries, where really it's pockets of snow where some areas get hammered. Let's check out some of these numbers. 17, that was the winner in uh, Comox yesterday, and these are incredible numbers for the beginning of November. We didn't see snow until the beginning of December last year, and we have a chance of flurries again tomorrow. When I come back, I'll show you who could see it as early as tomorrow morning.
1: All right, thanks very much, Christy. Check in in a few minutes. Now, the real nightmare this morning was reserved for SkyTrain riders on the Expo line. Track issues and a problem with a train generated some huge lineups. Often problems like this are weather-related, but what about this time? Ted Chernecki has the details. This
0: morning's rush hour wasn't rushing at all, and commuters had plenty of time to build up that witched event. This traveler spending two and a half hours.
4: Yeah, 5.45 this morning, absolute garbage. Crazy. Absolute garbage. They need to do something.
6: Pick up your backpacks, guys.
4: Plan B for bus.
0: TransLink couldn't deploy enough of them along the old Expo line.
1: Uh, Apparently, SkyTrain's out between uh, Edmonds and uh, Columbia.
0: One snowflake and the whole city
3: shuts down, so it is frustrating a little bit.
0: Sometimes snow and SkyTrain chaos do go hand in hand, but not today.
3: The first incident was actually the the controllers noticed an alarm saying that uh, our automatic train control or communication system looked like there was something wrong with it.
0: One of these electrical conductor plates apparently fell off, slicing a communication line near Edmond Station. That was fairly straightforward to fix, but no sooner had they done that... look
3: at all those people, though.
0: ...than another train died in New Westminster.
3: Most times, we can get our trains going. It's just part of our system. This time, we really didn't know what was causing it to fail. Um, so our controllers thought, well, okay, you know, did our repair work? So they put another train out to check the, the repairs, and everything was fine. So we kept that train going at a slow speed, and speed, and we actually used that train to push the, the New West train out of the way.
0: So commuters were hit with a double whammy, two separate incidents back-to-back, and unfortunately, they both occurred at the worst possible time.
3: But well, the key thing is that, you know, I don't want the customers to, to lose, that we do think about moving them and keeping them safe. And, you know, we've just got to make sure that we do that in the most effective way for them.
0: Tetranaki Global News.
1: Two gangland murders, one of them particularly gruesome, are now part of the same investigation. John Waugh has new developments in two targeted
7: killings in Langley, only days apart last October. A dismembered body dumped by the roadside. A high-profile Hells Angel member shot and killed. Two Langley crimes that shook the community last year, now linked by police.
6: While investigators can say that there are links between these two murders, it cannot be confirmed that they are linked to other homicides.
7: After Bob Green, a high-ranking Hells Angel, was shot dead on October 16th at a property on 72nd Avenue, police quickly arrested Jason Wallace, a member of the Aldergrove 856 gang, who since pled guilty to manslaughter.
8: Yeah, that's absolutely terrifying in a neighbourhood like this.
7: Still many feared it was far from over. And less than two weeks later, the cut-up remains of Sean Clary's body were found.
6: Just over a year since this heinous act was made a public display, and it will not be forgotten.
7: While connected, many questions about the link remain unanswered, like whether Clary was anywhere near the scene where Green was killed.
6: I have to reserve my comment on what links we have identified.
7: Or whether Clary was linked to the Hells Angels or 856.
6: I can say that he was uh, connected to uh, gangs or he had associations to them, but which gangs in specific, I can't uh, offer uh, that information at this time.
7: But between the two cases, there is an obvious disconnect. While there is some closure in the case of Green's death, the grisly murder of Sean Clary seems far from being solved. John Hua, Global News.
1: All right, we've got some breaking news to pass along now from the North Shore. North Shore Rescue is at work again tonight. And it's going on right now, an aerial and ground search for a missing hiker up there. We don't know much more than that at this point, other than the hiker is believed to be lost in the Haynes Valley area. More information as it becomes available, but obviously with all that fresh snow up there, it can be dangerous for anybody who isn't prepared for it if they happen to be up there. So we'll see if we can get an update and pass it along before the end of the news hour. Now, for the first time since they got the devastating news, the family of the young woman whose remains were found on a salmon Arm farm is speaking to Global News. As Romina Dea reports, Tracy Genero's sister is remembering her sister as a smart, happy and trusting young woman.
9: I loved her so much and I knew she could get better. I know she was strong enough to get better. Kyla Genero had a plan. No to rescue her younger sister, Tracy, who was just two weeks away from moving in before she vanished.
10: I was going to take her in. She was going to stay in a tent in my yard. I reached out to my mom, and I reached out to everyone who could who had seen her, if she could, you know, get her to contact me. Any information about Tracy General?
9: In the red light district of Vernon, where 18-year-old Tracy was last seen in May, the community now hunts for leads, and it
6: doesn't take long. Do you know any names? Of the girls that went out there? Other than Tracy? He's talking
9: about the 24-acre farm near Salmon Arm, where Tracy's remains were found. The search, which is into its third week, is expanding. The focus? A barn and a boat at the front of the farm. The son of the property owner's 37-year-old Curtis Sagmoen is facing charges in connection to a separate incident in August, where a sex worker says she was threatened by a man with a gun. The RCMP will not say if Sag Moen is a suspect in Tracy's case. Her sister says
10: the police should have done more. There was no helicopters out there looking for Tracy. There was no, you know, just stopping hookers on the street and asking if you're Tracy is not really looking for her.
9: Tracy is one of at least five women who have gone missing from the area in the last 20 months. Some, Kyla some pleading well with today, the public yeah.
10: to come forward. I wouldn't wish this for anyone, so I would hope that if... If someone had knowledge, they would share it because, you know, Tracy needs justice. She was a good girl. She needs her questions to be answered. She, she deserves that. Romina Dea, Global News.
1: And Vancouver police are investigating the death of a woman at Spanish banks. She was found around 7.30 this morning in medical distress near the beach's concession area. She was rushed to hospital, but she died soon after that. Detectives from the VPD's major crime section are now looking into whether her death is suspicious or not. Anyone who may have been in the area at the time is being asked to call Vancouver police. Anti-Semitic posters are popping up at another BC University. Three weeks after neo-Nazi posters were found at two campuses in Prince George, white supremacists are circulating propaganda at the University of Victoria. Garcha reports.
4: Certainly uh, disturbing to
11: see the the blatant anti-Semitism employed in this one. University of Victoria student
8: and anti-racism advocate Tyson Stanland is appalled after copies of this poster were found on campus.
11: It's very disappointing.
8: It says those who hate us will not replace us. The word those in triple brackets.
11: This is a dog whistle for a racist,
12: meaning specifically jews
8: it also reads defend canadian heritage and fight back against anti-white hatred a message from the alt-right
12: i'm shocked uh obviously it's totally inappropriate
8: that's just that's really it's really troubling it's a really scary reality that that's yeah. like even around now the anti-semitic posters have since been taken down and the university is investigating campus security was first informed of them on october 18th a search of the university didn't turn up any other posters in Prince George, posters promoting neo-Nazism were found at two campuses three weeks ago.
7: That's unacceptable. It's supposed to be an open place for learning.
8: Canadian Jews are the top target of hate crimes in this country, and the University of Victoria and the province are taking this incident very seriously.
4: The government is engaged in this, uh, that we care about it, that we want to address it.
8: It's also caught the attention of a national Jewish advocacy group.
7: It also, was a nod to the hate rally in of Virginia, where so, so those who hate us will not replace us. When the is referring to Jews, obviously meaning, "So Jews will not replace us, just like they were chanting there in
10: August.
8: Anyone who sees similar posters pinned up is being asked to rip them down.
10: Well, we can do
11: everything we can to, to stop the campus being turned into a platform for hateful ideologies. I think to go all the way, um, there's not much deeper changes that need to be made in our society.
8: Nitu Garcha, Global News, Victoria.
1: A downtown Vancouver, Strata has followed through on its threat to take on short-term rentals with an unusual strategy. The Strata at the Parkview Gardens in Yaletown has filed a class-action lawsuit against Airbnb. Short-term rentals aren't allowed in the building, but several units have been posted for rent regardless. The Strata wasn't having any luck going after the owners, so now it's targeting Airbnb itself. The lawsuit says the website is profiting from unauthorized rentals without the owner's consent well reminder again we are here celebrating variety week with our street festival and we are extremely close to beating last week's or sorry last year's variety week record of 266 this is how close we are thanks to your donations variety can help 265 children with special needs across the province but we want to get to 300 kids before the end of this program. We have a matching donor for tonight's news hour. Hi, I'm
4: Ian Speckman from Apridge Kreiser. For the entire news hour, I'll be matching your donations for Variety, the Children's Charity. So give them a call at 310 Kids.
1: That's right. You can double the donation, and more amazing stories about how your money is helping coming up. In the meantime, standing out in the bitter cold to be the first in line for a new phone. Thousands are doing it on launch day for the new iPhone 10, including this group of diehards at surrey Guildford Mall, probably thankful for the cover of the parking garage there. And two of them have a pretty special story to tell in just over a minute. Donald Trump knocked off Twitter for a whole 11 minutes. Why his favorite form of communication went dark, and what Twitter is saying about it today, that's coming up. And federal NDP leader Jugmeet Singh reaching out to B.C. voters on a bike. His big plan for two-wheel transportation coming up a little bit later. Welcome back, everyone. The News Hour on the road tonight, live from Robson Square. We're wrapping up Variety Week with a bang. And glad you're with us for it. More on how your donations are helping B.C.'s kids a little bit later. Right now, though, some great news for B.C.'s tech sector amazon announcing plans to double its workforce in this province the seattle-based company says it's going to add a thousand new tech jobs in vancouver alone by early 2020 and as nadia stewart explains that might be just the beginning
6: for tech students at sfu surrey it is welcome news amazon is hiring
1: they're a great company they create a lot of job opportunities for
0: people in all
7: various fields. I think it's a good opportunity for
0: all students. I'm thrilled to announce that Amazon will be opening a second corporate uh, office here in Vancouver.
6: It is a major announcement with major implications for the city. A second office downtown set to house a thousand more employees. Amazon offering kudos to government for making this possible.
0: And specifically their focus on education and training to make sure that we have a tech ecosystem that that creates great uh, innovators locally
6: comes as the province commits 200 million dollars over the next two years in tech and science post-secondary projects. SFU Surrey looking to educate the next generation of skilled workers who will be contending for those jobs. This building will eventually house their new sustainable energy engineering program.
4: The appetite that students have to study applied sciences and to pursue these kinds of programs is matching up with that demand in industry and matching up with that investment by both industry and by
1: the government.
6: But amidst all the opportunities the Amazon announcement presents, there are obvious challenges.
1: We're going to have about a thousand very high-skilled, probably well-compensated
12: workers, some of whom are going to be coming from elsewhere. And of course, that does exacerbate somewhat our already very bad real estate problem.
6: Premier John Horgan says housing and public transit concerns are being addressed. Clearly, no level of government wants to be seen as an obstacle to any present or future investment in B.C.'s budding tech sector.
11: We need this partnership to be strong between public and private sector.
6: Amazon hoping to have those new workers hired by the year 2020. Not the Historic Global News.
1: And on the topic of the latest technology, today's cold and snow didn't stop people from lining up overnight to get their hands on the highly anticipated iPhone 10. Early this morning, die-hard Apple fans at Guildford Mall in Surrey were able to escape the falling snow by lining up in the covered underground parking lot. Demand is high right around the world for the marquee device, even though it's quite expensive. It includes an edge-to-edge screen, facial recognition, and a starting price tag of $1,300 Canadian.
13: I wouldn't be here if it wasn't covered, to be completely honest. Yeah. It's our 10th anniversary. anniversary for being friends? friends. For,
1: for,
4: for
7: being friends, we met in high school because of the iPhone 3G. Yep. and We now, both walked in and we the, the only kids ones in, the school in school with the iPhones. Yeah. And, and now, then that's how our friendship started. And, then and
11: it's our 10th
0: year anniversary and it's the 10th release of the iPhone. Yeah.
1: Well, let's jump into the uh, road trip time machine to see what it was like before smartphones and dash cams, newly released film footage shows a drive through Metro Vancouver as you've never seen it before. That's coming up later, but first.
6: So we walked into kindergarten on the first day.
1: A huge step for a young girl facing a huge challenge. How your donations to Variety help Ainsley get where she has to go next. And CKW steel and Drexler down here for Variety Week. It's still not too, na- too late to donate, right guys?
10: Hey, Chris, we've been down here all day, and it's been so wonderful to see so many people supporting Variety Week. So many people want to donate money to help children with special needs. So you can pick up the phone, 310KIDS, make a donation, go
12: online, give whatever you can. Or text the words KIDS to 45678 for an automatic $20 donation to Variety.
1: We're live tonight from Robson Square, wrapping up Variety Week and helping children with special needs in every corner of our province. Your donations will be matched for the duration of the news hour. Now, almost a quarter of Variety's grants help pay for therapy for children with special needs. Your donations have even given four-year-old Ainsley the ability to walk, and the impact of that cannot be overstated. Jeff Hastings has her story.
6: Good stuff.
14: Ainsley doesn't even know what a big deal it is that she walks. To her, it's just a great thing, and it's so much fun, and she can go everywhere and get into mischief. And it's just such an important skill, and it opens up her world.
12: (laughs) Ainsley has Down syndrome and suffers from low muscle tone, which made it difficult for her to walk unassisted. Desperate to get Ainsley walking independently with kindergarten on the horizon, Mom Mary turned to physiotherapist Brenda Horton.
6: She told me at that first session that Ainsley's going to walk, and she kept her promise, and... Ainsley is walking and we walked into kindergarten on the first day.
12: Brenda works with Ainsley twice a week to strengthen her muscles and improve her coordination. The
14: pool is a really great place for learning how to walk because the water uh, supports you as well as uh, provides resistance for your muscles so that they get strong fast. And um, in the pool, we've been able to practice things that are harder for her on land, such as stairs.
12: And while you can't put a price tag on something as fundamental as walking, these sessions do cost money. Thankfully, Variety, the children's charity, stepped in to cover the added expenses so Ainsley could take those first steps towards independence. What has Ainsley taught you?
14: Ainsley has taught me to be persistent. She makes me appreciate living in a way that nobody can, and so do the other children because of everything they are. I'm so grateful there's an organization like Variety that sometimes makes that possible when
7: all hope is lost.
14: (laughs) There's so many times that watching parents' faces when their child achieves something that they didn't think was possible. I watch their faces and they have tears in their eyes and it chokes me up just talking about it because it's so deeply meaningful to them. And it is to me too because it's something they never thought would happen and now their child can do this wonderful thing, walk, or talk, or swim, and it's life-changing. There you go, good girl. I do it because I believe in the kids, I believe in what they can do, and I, I think that um, every child deserves a chance to be everything they can be.
1: That is amazing. Ainsley is such a precious little girl. The gift of mobility is priceless. But those crucial physiotherapy sessions, cost, they cost money. So please, call 310KIDS or donate easily online at variety.bc.ca. You can also do it with a text. Text the word KIDS to 45678 to make a $20 donation. They'll even give you the option to do it 20 bucks a month. Now, a fascinating look at Metro Vancouver more than 50 years ago, courtesy of the Provincial Transportation Ministry. Complete with the sound of that old-fashioned film projector, the ministry has posted what it calls a road trip time machine. It's 1966, and a car drives from Horseshoe Bay through West Vancouver over the Lionsgate Bridge into downtown Vancouver and beyond. It's actually called a photo log, where a camera was rigged to a car and took a still image about every 25 meters. Those pictures were then run together as a single film to create a visual record record. Of that road trip. Now, this is just one of 20 such road trip time machines posted on YouTube. Oh. You can find a link to all of them on our website at globalnews.ca/slash BC. Wow. It's really interesting to try to pick out. The landmarks that yeah. still remain, and there aren't many of them. Well,
11: apparently, there was no speed limit back in those days either. <laughs> you could drive as fast as you liked
5: downtown, and you downtown. could go right through stop signs. Absolutely, it looks like
1: you're ripping through it. Anyways, we'd encourage you to check that out. Nice to have Christy and uh, Squire here as well. Yeah. As we raise money for uh, for Variety. Great cause. Yep. Great cause. I know we got a lot to, uh, a lot more to go. Uh, what are you working on in sports?
11: Well, I mean, uh, it's kind of a out with a whimper last night for the White Whitecaps. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen them go down swinging, but that wasn't the case. So we'll talk about what went
1: wrong. All right. Sounds good. And, and when, if ever, will it warm up? Uh, I guess you can see our breath out here. I so. know.
5: But we're lucky it's not raining or snowing on us. So Lots of people are able to come down and join us here.
1: Absolutely. All right. Uh, the power of song soothes a painful journey.
3: <laughs> well, I can't remember very many things, but I can remember all the, the lyrics to the songs
1: singing the praises of a new choir that's helping people with Alzheimer's and dementia. Coming up. <laughs> federal NDP leader Jagmeet Singh enjoyed a bike ride along Vancouver seawall this morning. He's promoting a national cycling strategy, and he wants to see the federal government partner with the provinces and cities to expand the country's biking network. He had a private meeting with Premier John Horgan today, and he'll attend the BC NDP convention in Victoria this weekend. Well, the power of music is well-documented as the band plays on behind us at this street party. Music can help heal or give a voice to people who are otherwise silent. And as Linda Aylesworth reports, a new Vancouver choir is helping seniors and their families deal with the heartbreak of Alzheimer's disease.
10: My mom doesn't remember from one week to the next that we come here, but as soon as she walks in the door and is met by the f- faces
3: of people who recognize or talk to her, she lights up. Every Thursday, rain or shine, Anita and her mother Josephine look forward to rehearsing with the Helena Choir. My mother has Alzheimer's and
10: it's a very painful journey to go through with your loved one. And. When we're here, it's nothing but joy.
3: Many of the choir members have dementia; others don't. Once the music starts, you'd be hard-pressed to tell the difference. They can remember words.
12: Uh, they can remember melodies that uh, from way back. One of the songs that we we're singing is called "The Ash Girl. The
4: ash girl the
12: it
14: was it one that I learned at school.
3: Gwyneth, now ninety-two years old, even taught it to her daughters. Today they're all members of the Helena choir. Mum seems to know the the words, the lyrics to everything. Absolutely everything.
4: <laughs> well so. I can't remember very many things, but I can remember all the, the lyrics to the
3: songs. Since the choir's inception earlier this year, it's grown to 30 members, but there's room for many more in their Shaughnessy Heights United Church Rehearsal Hall. There are so many people out here who would benefit from this, it would bring them the same pleasure
12: that it's brought to
10: me and brought to my mom.
12: It brings a richness and a, a joy and a sense of fun and a sense of normality to life, to people who, who have lost some of that.
3: Into Aylesworth Global News.
1: Amazing stories and more great stories of how Variety is helping children as well to come on the news hour. In the meantime, the takedown of Trump's Twitter account. This is a serious security issue. Who dared to silence the President of the United States? And a thief drops in. But do you think it stopped him? The bungling burglar caught on camera. And Christy's out there hanging out with those enjoying Variety Street Fest. Christy.
5: All right, BC, it is go time. This hour, your donation will be doubled by Maple Ridge Chry- Chrysler. So make sure you donate. We have thousands of kids across the province that need your help right now. And any little bit counts. You know, we had a homeless man that came by right here. And he had um, cashed in his cans and donated the money from, from that right to a Variety. So go to the website, variety.bc.ca or 310kids. Thanks, BC.
1: You're watching Global News Hour at six. Well, this probably wasn't exactly what the burglar had in mind, but he stuck with his plan anyway. We've got the rest of the story coming up right after the weather forecast with meteorologist Christy Gordon, who joins us out in the crowd right now. Christy, the weekend is upon us. What can we expect?
5: How about snow again? Ugh, tough yeah. to handle. Beginning of November, I know. So, uh, we have a special weather statement in store for all of the South Coast, including Vancouver Island, Sunshine Coast, and up the Sea to Sky Corridor as well. Snow expected tomorrow. So, what I'm going to explain to you right now is when you can expect it in the areas that could get hit hardest. Let's start off with tonight. Cold and clear. That's what you can expect. Temperature-wise, these could be the lows across the region. So, minus two could be some of the lows in through Metro Vancouver. And uh, when we look at out in the valley, it could be even colder than that. And certainly with the winds, uh, that makes it makes feel even colder, but one low moving out and another one that's going to slide down the coast and it's going to just skirt the south coast. So Vancouver Island, you can expect the majority of the snow. It's just a chance of flurries, but keep in mind, we had a chance of flurries last night and Surrey got eight centimeters of snow. These pockets can be really intense. So Vancouver Island, through the morning hours, the northern sections will see the snow. Southern regions will see it through the afternoon hours. And then I think for the lower mainland, we'll start to see it in the evening. Probably more so in through the overnight period. But the whole load doesn't move out until later in the morning on Sunday. So we have that chance of flurries across all of the south coast right into the morning hours on Sunday. Some areas could see another 5 to 8 centimeters of snow. Across the northern regions, light snow in through the BC Peace River. Area snow or flurries across the north coast as that low pushes down, it brings in the chance of flurries into areas like Whistler, Merritt, Hope, and Asoyuz as well. Meanwhile, if you're further east, it will be cold and dry for you. Really, the bulk of the moisture is across the south coast and western sections. So, again. It may be showers initially, then flurries as we head into the evening hours. It really depends on the topography, your elevation, and as well where the outflow winds are to keep it colder. So keep that in mind. Expect the possibility of anything for the lower mainland towards the evening hours. We change our clocks back on Sunday morning. Remember that with the chance of flurries in the morning. But then we clear out late Sunday and Monday, cold and clear. We warm up on Tuesday and into Wednesday, but the rain moves back in, of course. Happy anniversary to Edith and Julie. Julian Thorsnest they celebrate 72 years and Chris behind me Todd Richard kicking it up for the uh, for the audience here and it's a great crowd it's we're so lucky that it's not raining and snowing on us
1: oh we are so thankful we can deal with the cold the rain and the snow would be a bit of a drag out here at the street party though right and Nick Blundell agrees agrees with me Christy thanks very much for that Uh, Nick is a young athlete, plays wheelchair basketball, 17 years old, silver uh, medalist at the uh, BC Winter Games. So good to have you here, and I know that uh, Variety helped you out a lot with the the love of your sport. Describe what they did for you.
13: Well, they gave me my own chair, which kind of meant like I could practice more, and I could bring it whenever I wanted, and uh, I could just play basketball whenever i wanted and that would help me so much like if i ever felt down or anything i could just play and i just loved playing basketball and it would bring up my mood
1: how ha- yeah how has basketball changed uh, your life for the better describe what it means to you
13: well once i moved up here i didn't really do much i just sat at home and watched tv and stuff and then i learned about basketball and i got out and i made friends and That's great. Well, you played
1: for the uh, Central Island basketball team, is that right, in the Winter Games? Describe what that uh, experience
13: was like. That must have been a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, You go to the school, you stay there, you stay with uh, people from around your own area, and you just hang out with everyone that loves the same sport as you do. Well, we're showing some of the video of all of us shooting the ball around here.
1: I played a little bit of college basketball back in my day, but I was completely out of sorts in the wheelchair.
13: It's a special set of skills. Oh, yeah. Uh, The net is like the same height, so it's a little bit more challenging because you're a lot lower. It was really fun to play with
1: you, and I wish you the best of luck moving forward. Hope you're uh, back to health soon and back on the court soon. Thank you. All right, Nick Blundell, everyone, and really appreciate uh, you being an advocate for variety as well as we continue our coverage tonight. Well, we'll continue with the news as well. Police in Baltimore are looking for a burglar caught on security camera making an unusual entrance. The thief crashes through the ceiling. Luckily for him, right on top of his target, unperturbed, he sticks with his plan and starts frantically stuffing cigarettes into his pockets. After just a few moments, he leaves the same way he entered, climbing out, and he is still on the loose. Well, after a decent season, the Caps went out with a bit of a whimper last night. We just weren't quite good enough to get over that hump. Why they played so defensively in their two game series with Seattle a little late. The act that took down Donald Trump's Twitter account and how the president reacted coming up.
5: All right, we are rocking it out down here at at, uh, Robson Square. Lots of performers that have donated their time. And, BC, you can donate your money. You Just $10, and it will be doubled if you donate this hour. Call 310Kids right now, BC, and make a difference. Chris Squire, over to you.
1: All right, thanks very much, Christy. Yes, Squire is here. Watched the whole Whitecaps game last night like a lot of... How frustrated fans, soccer fans did. Well, I was like, what is happening here? I know. We're being totally out Why is nothing happening yeah. here? That's basically what a
11: lot of people thought. Yeah. All right. You know, it would have been nice. It would have been nice to see the Whitecaps go down swinging in their playoff series against Seattle instead of sitting on the ropes and taking constant punishment, hoping for one opening for a counterpunch that never happened. In the first game on Sunday, the Whitecaps played defensive and they were pretty much the same way last night and they lost 2-0, and that ends their season. And I will go back to the fact they missed out on taking first place. If they had finished first, they could have rested key players, gone into the playoffs healthier, and they wouldn't have had to play Seattle or Portland in round, or this particular round, which I guess is round two. But now they have an entire winter to think about what went wrong at the end and what changes they need to make for 2018.
4: At full strength, the White Caps had a fighting chance against the Sounders, but with Kristen Teixeira and Jordi Reyna both playing at less than 100%, Carl Robinson felt his best chance to win was to try to lock it down defensively, which worked for the first 150 minutes of this series, but then Clint Dempsey took over. The Caps don't have a player like Dempsey. To take that next step, they need to get one. We've just got to try and find better players. I
5: believe we're in a better place than we were two years ago when we went out to Portland, who went on to win the MLS Cup. Um, so, because we've got better players, better players make you a better team. We talk about today's difference, what's the difference in the teams today? Quality. Um, Clint steps up, you know, but not just Clint, they got wonderful players. We've got really good players as well, um, but we were slightly off it
7: today. I think we have to be feel proud, of the season that that we made this year but obviously we have things to to improve on
4: the white caps had a very good year third place in the west a first ever playoff victory against san jose a baby step upward with their current roster they made it about as far as they could they're a solid team, but not in the class of the Sounders, Timbers and Toronto FC. Now it's up to the ownership to open the wallet and bring in the players that will make the Caps legitimate contenders. We've fallen
5: short again this year, so we know where we are. You know, As I said, I won't fault the players in there, and sometimes you have to accept where you are in football, and we know where we are as a club, which is fine. But we did come up a little bit short, so we'll have to get our thinking caps on. We'll have to go back to the well and see what we can do because we need to come back better next year because that's a, that's a level we want to try and achieve.
4: Even though it was a decent season, the way the caps went out has left a sour taste with fans. If this team is serious about taking the next step, they need to prove it with some dynamic signings in the next few months. Barry Delay, Global Sports. Well, the Canucks had the Penguins in town tomorrow night.
11: Pittsburgh will be playing the uh, final game of a five-game road trip. They lost to Calgary last night in overtime, mainly because Mike Smith, the Flames goalie, was brilliant. Uh, at Canucks practice today, we saw injured defense and Alex Edler out there. It's likely both he and Louis Erickson will travel when the Canucks start their four-game road trip next Tuesday. Now, tonight, the Devils, who shut out the Canucks, are in Edmonton to take on the Oilers, who still have not scored a lot of goals this year not as many as we thought they would but they get one here drake kajula making it one nothing as uh, Connor mcdavid set him up taylor hall of course is the former oiler and he will get one in the building he used to score in for the fans that used to cheer for him 2-1 in the first period oilers over new jersey so the Whitecaps are not the only local team whose season is over this week. The Lions are done after tomorrow's game against Toronto. And speaking of done, it'll be the final game for receiver Marco Iannucci, who announced he is retiring despite having a year left in his contract. He has spent his entire CFL career with the Lions. First year was the Grey Cup championship season of 2011. The next year he had five touchdown catches. Doesn't have a TD this year, but he's having a very productive year catching the ball. The other thing about Marco is he's a big community guy. You see him do a lot of charity events, he's a very good auctioneer, and he's a business guy, and he says one day he might like to join the Lions front office. Well, the never-ending fight between Ezekiel Elliott and the NFL over his six-game suspension hasn't ended yet. Hence, never-ending. He won another court battle, which allows him to play at least Sunday against Kansas City. They'll have another court fight next week where he hopes to stop the NFL from imposing a six-game suspension for domestic violence. Now, he denies he did it, and police did not pursue the case due to conflicting evidence. But the NFL is steadfast in its six-game suspension. And George St-Pierre making his return to UFC tomorrow. He has been on a four-year hiatus. The former welterweight champ will be fighting middleweight for the first time in his career against current champion Michael Bisping. Uh, St-Pierre's 25-2 and lifetime. And it's a lot to ask, even if a legend like him to come back after four years and go up and wait and face this man. So we'll see what happens tomorrow.
1: uh, A lot of people will be watching that fight for sure. All right, thanks very much, Squire. We're going to recap our Variety Week and tell you how many kids your donations will be helping right after a break. But first, here's Kasia Badurka with five things to do with the kids this weekend. Kasia.
10: Thanks. Well, do you believe in magic? You will at Magic, put on by the Vancouver Magic Circle. The show features the finest magicians from around the world. It's happening at the Waterfront Theatre on Saturday and Sunday evening. Sunday is Nature Club Family Day at the Beattie Biodiversity Museum at UBC. Bring your kids between the ages of 5 and 12 and enjoy a special ecosystem activity, take museum tours, and more. Sunday is also Family Day at the Artisan Craft Show in New West Well, they'll have special tables just for the kids to shop for family gifts they'll be decorating cookies making crafts at the imagination station and enjoying a barbecue lunch now they say the greatest wealth is health and you may likely boost it by going to the vancouver health show at the vancouver convention center discover the latest in food supplements technologies and more and hear from experts and celebrity guests on living your best life Finally, as Remembrance Day approaches, the Okanagan Military Museum is hosting Games from the Past, a family-friendly day of activities and storytelling of the brave Okanagan men and women who fought and the impacts of their sacrifices. That's on Saturday between 10 and 2. For more on these events, visit globalnews.ca slash five things.
0: This program is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners, plus get the best roadside assistance.
1: The Variety Street Party still going strong here on Robson Square. That's Todd Richard singing the song he wrote for Variety, Follow Your Heart. Still time to make a donation tonight or just come by and say hello at our broadcast location. Well, it is arguably the most high profile and controversial Twitter account in the world right now. And for 11 minutes last night, it went silent. NBC's Tom Costello tells us why Donald Trump's account was shut down and why that's raising security concerns.
13: For a president who boasts that tweeting is his most effective means of communicating, a startling blue screen message Thursday. For 11 minutes, the president's Twitter page didn't exist. But soon he was back, tweeting this morning, my Twitter account was taken down by a rogue employee. I guess the word must finally be getting out and having an impact.
12: The word getting out, the, the power of his use of social media and somebody's trying to shut it down.
13: Turns out it was that rogue employee's last day. Twitter says it's taking steps to prevent this from happening again. Mr. Trump has tweeted 36,000 times, with the world watching every word. From surprising his own commanders by announcing a ban on transgender individuals from serving in the military, to warning military solutions are now fully in place, locked and loaded for North Korea. A number of employees in Twitter's the Trust and Safety group can suspend accounts if they see suspicious or illegal activity, even so-called very important tweeters. Tonight, Twitter. Twitter's not commenting on who has access to the highest profile accounts.
10: If one individual at Twitter can have this type of access to an account and shut it down, then what's to prevent them from threatening nuclear war? This is a serious security issue.
13: When a single tweet can set the world agenda, controlling those tweets has economic and national security implications. Tom Costello, NBC News, Washington.
1: Well, what a day it's been. And before we leave you tonight, I want to introduce Kenton Boston, VP uh, of Chorus Entertainment, Thank News you. and Radio. Nice to have you. He's our Thanks, big Chris. boss. He's our <laughs> big boss.
12: They're <laughs> uh, my assistants. That's <laughs> our
1: role. Well, you are the driver.
12: <laughs> well, I'm your assistant. How is that,
1: Well, Chris? that's yeah. the way I like to look at it. But uh, you have been the driving force. Uh, in this relationship between Global News and Variety, and and what a week it's been for us raising a ton of money.
12: A phenomenal week, and I I just want to say thank you to you and the crew and everybody here. Uh, This is one of the most remarkable years when it has come to Variety. Uh, I think we have a figure coming up that we can talk about. The number of kids that we've helped is just phenomenal this year. Uh, And those at home uh, watching online, I just want to thank you as well 306. That's 306 kids. If you look at that right now on your screen, Chris, Yes. 306 kids have been helped this week alone from Variety, and I can't thank everybody involved behind the scenes and to listeners and viewers as well. $765,000 from you,
1: our viewers, who have donated, and we cannot thank you enough. We've still got Uh, February to look forward to with the big telethon as well. But this is a huge amount of money that's going to help a lot of kids.
12: February 11th is the telethon, and put it in your calendars because we've got a lot of big plans, Chris. And it's about the kids, and that's most important to remember that. Uh, 306 kids today is just the beginning. Kids are our future. You know, we all have friends and relatives Uh, with kids or kids ourselves, Mm -hmm. and uh, we can't help enough, these kids in British Columbia.
1: Yeah, it's been fun to be a part of it and to see how the money does uh, so much good work right here in the province. Absolutely. And
12: it's it's indicative of the province and the people that live here and their contributions to society. It's fantastic. I'm always
5: amazed at how much they step up.
12: Yep.
1: How much
5: money. Every Mm -hmm. time
1: we ask, and uh, we've seen so many. That's Todd Richard right there. He did a great performance, Washboard Union. Absolutely.